This is the Better Than Before Betrayal Podcast, episode number 33, Triggers. Have you or someone you know experienced betrayal from a husband's pornography use, sexually compulsive behaviors, or other forms of infidelity? Hi, I'm Ruthie. I'm a member of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and a life coach certified through the Life Coach School. In this podcast, I will share my experience of growth and healing as I have learned tools and concepts to help me take responsibility for my own happiness, find peace, confidence, and become a stronger version of myself. Come with me and let me show you how to have a life that is better than before betrayal. Hello, welcome back. Today, I am going to talk about triggers. I'm pretty sure you know what those are. And I want to talk about them so that you can find healing and not have to be afraid of them anymore. I'm not going to intentionally say anything that will trigger you. And of course, I don't know what your triggers are. So I do apologize if I say anything that is difficult. You can always turn the episode off and listen later if you need to. But my intention is to help you understand triggers and to give you hope that you don't have to always live with them. I've had quite a journey in dealing with triggers, and I've gone back and forth on how I think about them. I have let them have power over me. I have tried to invalidate them with the triggers are just thoughts idea. And now I have learned to manage my mind around them with tools that I have learned. I think I've figured it out, for me anyway. And I think this approach will help you. It will take time and practice and baby steps. And we won't always be good at it. And it's all part of the learning and growth. So it's all okay. And like all of the other tools and concepts I use, It works on all areas of your life, not just around betrayal. I'm going to share some of my thoughts about triggers, and you get to figure out where you are, where you are now, and where you want to be, how you want to think about them. I've tried on a lot of ideas, and who knows, I might still change my mind again on how I choose to think about this word. I don't think so, though. What is a trigger? Do I even need to define it for you? I know you've experienced them. If you've had trauma. Here's the definition for you anyway. A trigger is a stimulus that causes a painful memory to resurface. A trigger can be any sensory reminder of the traumatic event. A sound a sound, a sight, a smell, a physical sensation, or even even a time of day or season. You likely remember certain sounds, smells, or sights related to your experience. And now, when you encounter these sensory reminders, known as triggers, you may get a feeling of anxiety, unease, or panic. When a person is triggered, They're being provoked by a stimulus that awakens or worsens the symptoms of a traumatic event. Your strong reaction 
to being triggered may come as a surprise to others because the response seems out of proportion to the stimulus. But this is because you are mentally reliving the original trauma. You give it meaning that someone else doesn't. The word triggered is used so often now that's kind of losing its meaning. Our brains make connections. So all of us may think of something or remember something when we see, hear, taste, or smell something. So all human minds have triggers. People use the word triggered about everyday things. The important part to remember for the definition of a trigger is the painful memory resurfacing part. For example, when I smell or eat English muffins with butter and grape jelly, it reminds me of my preschool. Even now, so many years later, someone may say the smell or taste of an English muffin with butter and grape jelly triggered a memory, which is not completely untrue. My brain made a connection. This memory has no trauma associated with it, however. It's a pleasant one, or even indifferent. I do not have a highly emotional response to this. It is just a memory. My brain doesn't think I'm back in preschool each time I smell or eat one. It's an ordinary memory. There's no painful memory resurfacing part. So it isn't a real trigger, medically speaking. When we are speaking of triggers associated with betrayal, or any trauma, we are talking of thoughts that can bring on a highly emotional reaction of fear, anger, sadness, unease, panic. The brain may think it is experiencing the trauma over again, the painful memory resurfacing. So, like you, my brain offers me thoughts that trigger my trauma. The more information, the more details I have, the more ammunition my brain has to create triggering thoughts. As I have been on this healing journey, I've been through many stages of understanding. In the beginning, my thoughts were so intrusive that I was constantly reliving the trauma. I was deep in it as if it was happening over and over and over again. Because my brain didn't really know if it was or if it wasn't, of course. And it was such a shock. This is that phase when you aren't functioning very well. Not a place we want to spend too much time in. We do spend time there, however. Unfortunately, It is part of the journey until we get some skills. Next, there was a time when I heard, a trigger is just a thought, and so I can just choose not to think it. I can just choose a different thought. Not helpful. Because I was having these thoughts for a reason. My brain was doing its job of trying to keep me safe. 
it believed I was in danger. And so just changing the thought is ignoring it, pushing it away, shoving it down. Again, not helpful. This does not lead to healing. It's not coming from a place of love and acceptance and compassion for myself. It's very invalidating. And again, not healing. And sometimes you can just choose another thought. That is an episode for another time. So, thinking it's just a thought can be very invalidating and not helpful. So then I came to the place where I accept the triggers that come. I understand my brain is offering a thought. I saw something, or I saw my husband see something. I understand that my brain gives me gives meaning to this circumstance. I have a thought that triggers an emotion. As I understand the model at work, I can step back and manage it. Just recently, I have experienced this. I won't go into details because I don't need to share that much information with you. Suffice it to say that recently I heard a sound. This particular sound triggers a scene in my mind that I created in my mind because I wasn't there. It isn't a sound I hear frequently. It does pop up occasionally, though. Years ago, after my husband's infidelity, and because of questions I asked to get the information I wanted, if I heard this sound, I would spiral. And it was as if I had just discovered his infidelity, and it was still happening. It was as if I was right back there on D-Day. One time I heard it in the middle of the night, and I fell apart. I cried out, it's mocking me! Highly emotional response. I was shaking. It was terrible. Now, because of the healing that I have experienced, I have heard that sound over and over again over the past few weeks. It does not have the emotional power over me that it used to. My brain reminds me of the meaning I have given to this sound. Trust me, there's a very good reason that my brain makes this connection. And to everyone else in the world, it would make no sense. Okay, my husband and I, (laughs) it makes sense too. No one else would make this connection. And I don't give it that power anymore. That sound doesn't mean what my brain wants to tell it it means. And I know that. I don't know if I will always associate this sound with this meaning. Maybe I will. And that's okay because I don't give it power to affect me anymore. And maybe one day I will hear this sound and not make this association. It may not even come to my mind. 
And that would be great. I don't know. But it might not, and that's fine. I have come to this place with much work and coaching, using the tools to manage my mind. So, if these skills and tools take much time and practice, what do you do now? You start practicing. Here are some tools you can use. So, what you do when you're triggered. Try to have perspective. As soon as you feel triggered, try to take a bird's eye view of the situation. Step back. Recognize where these intense feelings are coming from. From the thought itself, not necessarily what is happening right now. Your thought is of a previous traumatic experience. Again, you might feel that you are reliving the original trauma, but you're not. Just acknowledge that. You can remind yourself that you are safe. Try taking slow, deep breaths and remind yourself that you're safe now. You can repeat a mantra in your head if that's helpful for you. You can just simply remind yourself that you're safe right now. You can remind yourself that this moment is not then. It's not that moment. And I've shared with you before that I would repeat, yes, that happened or may have happened. And that is in the past. And I give two options. I would say, and I have forgiven him. But if you're not in that place, you can say, I can't change that. And now it's time for me to let it go. So I'll go over those again. I'll separate them. Yes, that happened or may have happened. And that is in the past. And I have forgiven him. And now it's time for me to let it go. Or, yes, that happened, or may have happened, and that is in the past, and I can't change that, and now it is time for me to let it go. This statement was true. My brain believed it, and it reminded me that in the current moment, I was safe. I answered the trigger. Practice self-compassion and acceptance as much as you can. Try not to get irritated with yourself for having these thoughts. Again, you know why your brain is offering these thoughts. It's doing a good job of trying to keep you safe. You can also answer your brain by saying, Thank you, brain. Thank you for doing your job and trying to keep me safe. You can direct compassion toward yourself as you would a close loved one or your little girl self. Compassion is such an important part of this journey. Compassion for yourself and for your husband. 
but we're talking about you today. Try meditating. Practicing meditation can also be a helpful tool to help reduce your anxiety. Focusing on your breathing is a great way to learn to stay present. Staying present is a challenging thing to do in trauma and for humans in general. We tend to relive the past or go to the future in fear. So, focusing on your breath, meditating, and staying present in this moment can be very helpful. If you like the idea, you can do this. You can make a calming box or whatever you want to call it. This is a collection of calming sensory trinkets. You put in whatever items are comforting to you. I haven't done this. Um, I've heard of women that found it helpful. The idea is to have a box that you can take anywhere. So examples, you would have something for each of the senses. So for touch, you might have a piece of fabric that is pleasant for you to touch or a smooth stone that fits nicely in your hand. For sight, you could have a picture that brings peace and calm or anything else you can look at. Um, for sound, uh, a mu music that's comforting. Um, of course, a playlist or a CD or a cassette tape for all you old folks. <laughs> um, but something that is soothing and calming for you to hear. Uh, for smell, it could be a candle or other scented object. For taste, I don't know what they put in for this one, maybe chocolate. But these items are effective at both comforting you and keeping you present. So when you're triggered, you can just pull out this box and use any and all of the items to calm you down. But also as you stay present, as you are touching and feeling and hearing and smelling and all of the things, and you focus on that moment. I mean, if you, you know, have a piece of chocolate and you are really paying attention to what that tastes like and the sensation of it in your mouth, the smoothness and whatever, it's practice at, at being present. Um, so again, I didn't have a calming box. I always, almost always have music playing and I have pictures around my house and on my phone and this was sufficient for me. And so do what you think would be helpful for you. So as a review, triggers your thoughts, period. True. If it helps you to think of them that way, go for it. This can be powerful or it can be very invalidating, depending on how you interpret this. Triggers are thoughts that your brain offers in an attempt to keep you safe, like all thoughts, actually. And this is true. 
Triggers are thoughts that cause painful memories to resurface. True. Triggers are thoughts that you can choose to manage. You can answer them. You can learn not to give them power over you. True. What do you think? What do you believe? What do you want to believe if you are, even if you're not quite there yet? What triggers do you want to work on first? You don't have to stay stuck in the place of constant triggers and that constant emotional irregulation. Please use these tools. Reach out to me. I would love to help you to get to that place where your life is better than before betrayal. Thank you for joining me. I hope that what I have shared today is helpful and hope-filled for you. If you know someone that would find this podcast helpful, please share it. If you have questions about this or any topic that you'd like to understand more deeply, to help you take responsibility for your own happiness, to find growth and healing from what you have experienced, please go to betterthanbeforebetrayal.com and schedule a time to chat with me. I'd love to answer questions for you. See you soon.